I'm 47. I forgot to ask your age. 47. 47. Oh my god, I thought you were 27 or something. I thought you are my age, actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, you look very young. Welcome to Time to Call Out Fraud. I'm Ainsley Cunningham, Manager of Education and Communications with the Manitoba Securities Commission. And the audio you're hearing is the sound of a scammer trying to manipulate someone into a fraud. Yeah, I'm just looking at... Anytime you don't want it, and anytime you don't want it, you can cancel your account because, sir, you know that you are the decision maker, correct? And no one is forcing you into something. I just want you to feel comfortable with your yeah. own decision. I'm just, okay? I'm just looking at this website. Canadians lose millions of dollars to investment scams and frauds every year. And many of these scams operate by preying on people's psychological states. In this episode of the series, we're going to dig into some of that psychology and explore how it leads to people being scammed. I'm Moira Summers. I'm a consulting psychologist here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, but I work around North America, in fact, around the globe now, working with people around various aspects of financial psychology. So their relationship to money, their relationships uh, around money, family issues, um, and some of the some of the pitfalls and some of the best practices that can exist with respect to financial management within family-owned businesses, within investing. So the psychological profiles of, of victims can vary tremendously, including no particular profile at all, just that they got caught by the latest version of a really sophisticated scammer. I think there are different factors for different kinds of, of frauds, Ainsley. Um, the romance scam kind of fraud, of course, often hits up people who are lonely, who are looking for love, and also often people who are very kind um, and who want to help. Um, so that's, that's one group. And then there's a whole other group of people who just fall under the maybe unsophisticated category that they, they believe what's being said about the, the government being on the other end of the phone or the credit card company. Um, and by unsophisticated, I, I don't mean generally unsophisticated. I just, I just mean that they may not know about this particular scam, which is very compelling at the moment. So some folks uh, may be generally undereducated about scams in general, and sometimes it's just the scam of the moment that catches people off guard because they didn't know to be on guard against it. There's another group of people who, um, who get pulled in because they are financially struggling in some significant ways. They may have gambling debt, for example, uh, credit card debt, and they are looking, uh, they're looking for ways to earn good money fast. And so that's what's pulling in a lot of the cryptocurrency um, scams that I'm seeing right now. Um, those tend to affect younger people, not so much the senior citizens, younger people. And then finally, I would say there's a, a fourth category, and this is really small, of people who um, are a little bit 
um, on the kind of loose with the morality side. So they, they kind of identify with let's stick it to these people and they kind of get pulled in to scams that have a little bit of that what uh, one, of, one of my clients in the past, for example, got pulled into a scam where they were told that they would just be taking a penny out of people's bank accounts, one penny per transaction. So they knew it was illegal, but they, they also justified that it wasn't really hurting anybody. Dr. Summers says she's seen these factors play out in different ways in her practice. There's the young people who get pulled into scams out of desperation. There are older adults struggling with cognitive decline. And then there are people whose kindness and loneliness are exploited. I'm thinking of, um, thinking of a few cases, actually. So one of them was uh, one of these romance scams. And just the, I was contacted by a financial advisor who was watching this unfold. And it was almost like trying to talk to somebody who believes in a conspiracy theory. This, this woman just w- could not believe that this, that this was happening. And so tens of thousands of dollars were, being, were coming out of the account. And it wasn't until I was able to sort of give the financial advisor the script of the scam, because it was a, to give you know, to his client and to say, this is what will happen when you say no. Just try it. Or this is what will happen after you give the next installment. This is how his story will morph so that you will be asked for more. And so it wasn't until she could really understand that this, as credible as it seemed to be, it was something that had played out many, many, many times before creating a trail of victims. But, but the pervasiveness of the belief that this person loves me and has my best interest and is just trying to come home to me so that we can have a life together. Oh, it was heartbreaking easily. These aren't the only kinds of psychological factors that make people vulnerable. There's also the basic desire to have something good happen. According to Jana Taylor, Deputy Public Guardian and Trustee for Legal Services with the Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba. The Public Guardian and Trustee of Manitoba protects the interests of individuals that do not have the capacity to protect themselves, including in cases of financial abuse, which can include fraud. And Taylor says in her work, she's seen this desire exploited. That it's some sort of deficiency on the person that's been defrauded. Um, I think that's the biggest misconception about, about fraud, um, the kinds of scams that we're seeing. This is not the fault of the individual. Um, very often, as I said before, the, the individual wants for something good to happen. And that's why it comes about. One incident uh, in particular that really was one of those uh, extremely challenging situations was uh, a case that I was involved in. It actually did go to court. Um, There was uh, an older couple 
who were involved in one of those fraudulent schemes that we think of. It was um, the uh, the overseas email, you have an interest in this estate. And if you pay us this money, because we need to pay the estate taxes before we can distribute to you. So if you pay us this money, we'll be able to get you this large inheritance to which you're entitled to. So uh, to which you're entitled. And that that is very appealing for uh, for anyone, right? We all want to get free money. Fantastic. And it really did draw this particular couple into it. And they had been paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hopes that they would get this inheritance. And every time it was like, oh, we just need a little bit more from you. Uh, there's been a new assessment of tax. We just need a little bit more. And the uh, the family of this couple um, got wind of what was happening and tried to prevent it. The problem was the uh, the older couple was just they had invested so much in it and they just thought if they put in a little bit more they're sure to get we've already come this far we can't walk away from it if if this is really something that we're entitled to and in that particular instance the police even went to speak with this couple and say you're not getting anything this is a scam you're being defrauded and it was that they were still resistant because there's a lot of um, embarrassment, a lot of shame um, associated with falling victim to something like this. And that's that's what we have to get rid of, is not that it is the problem of the person who's been defrauded. You could see people falling prey to something like that, right? And it's not necessarily that you're that you're stupid. It's not necessarily that you're money-hungry. It's not necessarily that um, you're naive. It's just that it sounds plausible enough, and the idea of it being true is so appealing that that outweighs the uh, the sort of, you know, maybe, I, maybe there's something amiss here um, because you so much want it to be true. Um, you know, the education part uh, is very important for these fraud type of matters um, so that people know what to be looking for, how to critically think about what's what's being asked of them, um, but also to reframe the blame on and putting it where it should lie, which is on the perpetrators. Part of that reframing also includes arming people with the tools they need to protect themselves whether that's building the confidence people need to hang up on a phone call that seems suspicious, or boosting people's confidence when it comes to talking about their finances. I think one of the perspect, one of the biggest misperceptions is that we can always protect ourselves from it. I think the level of sophistication is getting so big right now. Nevertheless, <laughs> um, I think we do have to not let ourselves get complacent about the things that we can do. Other things that can be helpful include just thinking of our own aging and what is it that, that we could be putting in place that would be, 
helping to make us less likely targets. You know, many women listening to this call will know, will will maybe have even gone through something like a Wendo training course, but some sort of self-defense training where you learn how not to look like a victim as you're walking down the street, how you carry yourself, how you speak to people, how you pay attention to the spidey sense that says, I'm not comfortable getting on the elevator with this person. And I don't have to make him comfortable. I have to take care of myself. And it's okay to be assertive. It's okay to say no. It's okay to hang up the phone. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going to call my lawyer or I'm going to call my investment advisor. And if she says it's a good idea to continue with you, then we will, right? And and just to develop some strategies for being less of a victim. There are some really lovely initiatives coming out um, from from the intersection of kind of psychology and financial planning at looking at how do we train advisors and financial professionals to recognize signs of decline in clients. Um, and, And the best practice now actually is that your financial advisor will ask you years before there's ever any indication of cognitive decline in you, will ask you to nominate somebody that they could call if they were ever concerned that you were um, showing signs of financial incapacity or showing signs of being frauded, uh, defrauded. And so to be willing to sign those papers that say, yes, we'll let we'll let somebody we trust within our network be contacted by somebody else we trust within our network. Um, Because yeah, we don't need that now, but what, what about when we do? I'm aware that one of the real dangers is that we constantly go back to the individual. It's the, it's on the individual to protect himself or herself. And I think, you know what? It's also on banking institutions to be protecting us. It's also on um, software providers to be protecting us. It's also on internet uh, suppliers to be protecting us. Um, Those are the big minds out there. Those are the ones who, you know, how the people in cryptocurrency (laughs) need to be protecting Uh, their customers. So in other words, it can't just be on us. You know, it would kind of be like saying, how do we protect ourselves from accidents as as, um, motor vehicle operators without also looking at how is this car manufactured? And what about the highways that we're driving on? And what about the enforcement, right? There's only, there are limits to what an individual can do. And we need to be putting um, regulatory pressure on the bigger picture people to be doing their part. That's it for this episode of Time to Call Out Fraud. Thanks for listening. Please leave a review and share to help spread the message and shed some light on these fraudsters. Next time on the podcast, we'll hear about some of the ways in which cryptocurrency is being used to defraud Canadians. If you don't have that much uh, knowledge in um, Bitcoin or something, or any investment, any coins, or, and so forth, don't don't register and don't even.
talk to them because it's not real. It's their fraud. That's next time on Time to Call Out Fraud. 